Harbor Church, we are a family of God, bound together to glorify and enjoy Him forever. This podcast series is a safe way to answer the questions that you, our community, has concerning the Bible, its tenets, and any other theological questions or concerns that you have come across as you join Harbor in our mission here in Mooresville and dig deeper into God's message, study His mission here on earth, or ponder your place in His wonderful plan. Thank you for dropping your anchor with HarborCast as we look forward to bringing light to these questions big and small. Welcome to HarborCast. This is the official podcast of Harbor Church PCA in Mooresville, North Carolina. And I have uh, my friend Tyler Spry here, our assistant pastor. Uh, I'm really excited about this. And we'll we'll have a few podcasts together, I, I think, as uh, we're recording this. Uh, we're about to go to, uh, to General Assembly together. So, And it's uh, Tyler's first time. So, first time. So I thought in the honor of the PCA's 50th anniversary and your first time going to General Assembly, I thought I might ask the question that was asked a few years ago um, from one person from Harbor. What is so great about Presbyterianism? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, first, I want to just start, Tyler, with what in the world is Presbyterianism? Yeah, so the most basic answer, probably Presbyterianism is ruled and led by elders. Yeah, that's right. It comes from the, the Greek term presbyteros, meaning elder-led. And, um, you know, foundationally, what that means is that elders represent the church. So, uh that means that unlike other churches uh, where church discipline has to be done in front of the whole church, it's done representatively by elders. And that elders are connected, uh, local elders at a local church are connected to other elders at other local churches and presbytery and then general assembly. So there's a great deal of connectionalism. And there's a lot of different flavors of Presbyterianism, uh, PCA being one of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, the basics there is is representation, elder led. So you did not grow up a Presbyterian, Tyler. Nope, I did not. So how did you grow up? <laughs> I grew up Baptist, uh, born and raised. Uh, we kind of we kind of uh, I grew up in in two churches. Kind of we moved or I moved churches as a teenager, um, but grew up in a Southern Baptist church. And then later in an independent Baptist church. So Presbyterianism was not on my radar. Um, I grew up, I had good experience at our church. My mom and dad wanted to make sure we were at a church where they preached about Jesus. Mm. And that was important to them. So I'm really thankful for that. Mm. Um, growing up, I had, a, I had a good youth pastor who really pressed us on having a personal walk with the Lord. So I was blessed by my time uh, as a Baptist. I, I did end up going to a Baptist Bible College, uh, and then I stayed there and went for uh, my Baptist seminary as well. Um, so that might come up a little bit later as well, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I know there's a lot of different flavors of Baptist churches. What what flavor did you come from? You know, there's a, you've got the independent fundamentalist Baptists where all the ladies wear dresses, um, or You've got like the hipster Baptists, which you know everybody's wearing skinny jeans. So like, where in the 
we're in the schema we, where were you we weren't we weren't uh, independent fundamental like kjv baptist right. or anything like that uh we were just kind of good old southern baptists mm-hmm. so uh you know we were probably about 20 years behind in technology <laughs> and uh thought we were doing great so that's why you do so well with presbyterianism because we're about 20 <laughs> years behind too um so uh tell me as you were growing up um how was uh how was the church run mm. yeah yeah the church was really run i mean baptist churches are congregation led so you know the congregation votes on most decisions but there's this interesting thing that happens where even though they're congregational led most of the time they're really led by the pastor mm. They're, they're really led by one person, uh, and, and the congregation maybe votes on big things or things that they just want help deciding on, or if there's some kind of problem with the pastor, the congregation maybe votes. But my experience was more so along the lines of there's the one head pastor who makes most all of the decisions. Um, and that that's one of the things that I, I do appreciate about Presbyterianism is there's a, there's a difference there. Mm, yeah. How, how connected were your, was your church to like other local churches? Do you play, have softball leagues and that sort of thing? Or really mostly almost a total silo mm. uh, with the exception that the church that I was a part of as a teenager, there was another church in the community and our youth groups sometimes would do activities or mm. camps together, but mostly they were just total silos and stood by themselves. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so getting back to the original question, what is so great about Presbyterianism? I mean, how how in the world did you land in this particular camp? Yeah. So it started for me more so on the theology side of things uh, when I was in Bible college and seminary. Uh, in some of my classes, I started to understand some of the basics about Reformed theology, which introduced me to Presbyterianism. Um, so, I'll, it, it, you know, what good pastor doesn't love to sneak in a sermon or a lesson, you know, wherever <laughs> they're at? Right. So uh, I was even reading in, um, in Isaiah 6 yesterday, uh, and in the Reformation Heritage Study Bible, it had to have been a sermon someone preached. Uh, but essentially, they, they talked about the passage talking about looking up and seeing God and seeing who he is. Reformed theology answered that for me. Mm. Looking up, mm. who is God? He rules. He reigns. And, and I came to understand that through Reformed theology. Looking in, who am I? Mm. I saw my sin and really realized the weight of it for the first time. Where do I look for hope? I look to Christ. And then what do I do after that? I, I look out to the world and others. Mm. So kind of, you know, what drew me in was that it gave me a whole framework Mm. to understand life where I just didn't know how to piece things together. Mm. Who is God? Who am I? Where's my hope? What do I do in this world? It it answered all those questions. So I started to understand that. And as I started to learn that and apply that and see it in scripture, the next step was sort of like, okay, well, what does this mean for the church? What does it? What does the Bible say about that? And that's kind of how I found myself entering into Presbyterianism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's a really great way to think of it too. Um, what's interesting in church history is that the medieval church had a very high view of God, 
Um, and somehow that translated to having a very high view, in my opinion, of human beings, mm -hmm. right? So God is great and powerful. So therefore, we must be powerful enough to do good works and to, uh, you know, be in charge of other human beings. That's why you have a pope and things mm -hmm. like that. But what's unique about, about Reformed theology is that it reminds us, no, 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 God alone is good. God alone is powerful. And, and so that means that uh, we as Presbyterians have representative government because we kind of recognize none of us have a cornerstone on power, truth, goodness. Mm -hmm. Only God has that. Um, and so it really does sort of, it's hard. It's not impossible. But what I've noticed, especially with my Baptist friends who have gotten into Reformed theology is you start to see them having multiple elders in their churches. Mm. Like you start to see that movement because you almost have to have humility as you start to learn mm. of Reformed truths. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so what advantage is there to being Presbyterian? Yeah, I think one of the, I think one of the best ones kind of coming down to the core of being elder ruled is accountability, especially in, in my circles growing up. Accountability for leadership, I mean, I'm, not, I'm sure it existed somewhere, but I didn't see a lot of it. Mm. And that's really sad when you think about how many pastors burn out, mm. how many pastors fall into sin. And you kind of start to scratch your head and you wonder, you know, could this have been avoided if they had help? Mm. Yep. If they weren't in it alone, and having been able to live in both worlds, I see and 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 feel and recognize uh, the the great help of the accountability of a plurality of elders. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a huge advantage. The other advantage I think is, in my personal experience, it really kind of helps unlock scripture as a whole. Uh, growing up uh, and going to a dispensational um, seminary, there was a lot of emphasis on how disconnected the Old Testament and the New Testament was. So as a even as a teenager, I always struggled with like, well, what do I do with the Old Testament? Mm. Um, I mean, yes, I can be brave like David or something like right. that, but there's a lot more in the Old Testament than just that. And the Daniel diet. That's right. Yeah, the Daniel <laughs> diet. <laughs> but it was really Presbyterianism and Presbyterian theology that helped me to see how the Old Testament and the New Testament fit mm. together. Uh, so I can see Abraham, and he's not just a fun guy that we sing songs mm. about, but I can see how as children of the covenant, were children of Abraham. And that made mm. sense to me only once I got into Presbyterian theology. So it, mm. it really kind of glued all of Scripture together. So I could say, hmm, okay, so now Acts makes sense. Right. Now I understand why there was baptism of whole households. Mm. Now I understand certain chapters in Romans about circumcision and baptism and uh, Galatians and the law and the gospel. Mm. And it all just started to kind of click together mm. for me. Yeah, and what's interesting is for me, one of the things it helped with was understand the New Testament as well. Mm. So I don't know, I got it in my head at one point. Well, the book of Galatians, it's written to the church in Galatia. So that must be like, there must be some little hut somewhere in a town called Galatia 
that they went to and they walked to Sunday, you know, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and heard from Paul. And then I started to realize, well, as I'm doing my research, Galatia was a whole region. I mean, it was most of Turkey or modern day Turkey. And there were hundreds possibly of different little house churches dotted throughout. So, but he's writing one letter to this one church that happens to be in Galatia. And so what unlocked that for me was, oh, this is a presbytery. Mm. And then to see how um, uh, Acts chapter 15, where there's this general assembly of all the elders and apostles, and that they were actually making decisions, pastoral decisions mm-hmm. for the whole church. And, you know, that just didn't jive with me with a congregational model of, well, we've got our theology, you've got your theology. Yeah. And, and But without becoming Catholic, without having a pope who just top down tells everybody what to do, it's this sort of organic whole. And so it really, it helped me to understand the New Testament as well and how to fit all those pieces, pieces mm. together. Um, so I'd love to, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, you've, you've now you've gone to a few presbyteries <laughs> and things like that. So how do you see that connectionalism? Uh, how do you see that as being important um, for a local congregation member like this? What, what should they know about Presbyterianism? Yeah, well, it, it really helps, I think, in two ways. It sort of helps that accountability at a higher level mm-hmm. because, you know, local congregant members, they have someone to appeal to. Mm-hmm. Um, they, have, they have a higher court that they can appeal to if things start to go haywire. And I think that that should bring a sense of comfort, yeah. not, not a sense of, well, you know, the head, the head pastor made a decision, a bad decision. They're going down a bad path. And there's nothing we can do about it, right. um, but I, I think it brings a sense sense of hope and a sense of comfort that hey, we're not just we're not just flying on this plane by ourselves, mm-hmm. but we've got we've got help. Um, and I think maybe practically for me, uh, it's really it's really nice to know that you're not ministering alone. Yeah. That uh, yep. you know, if we come up against something here at Harbor, that there are um, brothers in Christ right here nearby. That we can call on and lean on and uh, and ask for help. Yep, I and I've seen that time and time again. Uh, you know, there have been I I always brag on our session because I think they're a fantastic group of men, and I think the congregation has done a great job of choosing those men, and obviously the Lord has called them to this. But uh, you know, there have been so many times where either I need to be scraped up off the floor <laughs> and encouraged. Or I have something that's overwhelming to me as a pastor, and I don't know what to do with it. Or, you know, my my particular favorite one is somebody asks me a question, and I don't want to tell them no, but uh, maybe I shouldn't be telling this in the podcast. But like, I don't want to tell them no, but I need to give some cover. So I would, well, I'll take that as a session, you know, because it gives me cover to then be able to say, no, we've decided together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think that's huge, and. Um, I don't think I'd want to be in a in a church where everybody was looking just to me and my opinions about things. Mm. I don't think I'm that. I don't think I'm that smart or that together. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, is there anything else you love about Presbyterianism? Mm. The people. People are awesome. <laughs> people are awesome. Yeah. People are awesome. Well, cool. Well, um, one of the things that we like to do uh, with this podcast is uh, end it with prayer. And so I'm going to pray for us and we'll go. 
Lord God, thank you. Thank you for church structure. Lord, I know that um, some people look at that as being something rather dry or trite, but Lord, it's your good and wonderful design. Thank you for protecting pastors and elders and protecting the church through church structure. Lord, it's organized, um, and that's a blessing to people. Lord, thank you for that. This is, I've benefited from that person. Lord God, I pray that you would help us to uh, to love you more and more, and Lord, especially to love your church. Lord, we ask that uh, you will be with her and help her to be strong. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for dropping your anchor with HarborCast. Please visit us on the web at harborchurch.org for more information about what we believe, what we do to serve our community, and how you can get involved in our mission here in Mooresville. And finally, follow HarborCast wherever you listen to podcasts. May the Lord continue to equip you to share the good news about Jesus.